Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey everybody, David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. Are mobile diagnosticians ruining this industry? Lucas and I are joined by Sean Tipping of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast to discuss this and his upcoming trip to ASTE. So who thinks they're ruining the industry and who doesn't? Listen to find out. Before we get started, don't forget to set this podcast to automatically download the latest episode, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player, and keep an eye out for new content on our YouTube channel. And now, here we go. All right, so we killed a bunch of baby yep. bunnies, and yep, then exactly, David, the, continue the, bunny, the story. Yeah, the bunnies are, are done for; they're they're dead, and so the the saga <laughs> of the bunnies are over. But yeah, so I get to the bank, and the bank had decided, you know what, we don't need like tellers at the bank for the drive through with the tube. You know what I'm talking about? And you put the tube yeah. thing, you hit the button, it goes up. Yeah, it's yeah. gone. Yeah, it's the gone. Vacuum. Now they have giant ATMs. And so you put your debit card in and you hit the password and stuff like that. And it asks you, do you want to talk to somebody or do you want to just do this yourself? Of course, I want to talk to somebody. Otherwise, I would just go to the ATM, which used to be on the end. (laughs) But I want to talk to somebody. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to get out of the car and go into the bank. I don't want to do that. Otherwise, I would have Uh just done that. Instead, I just want to drive up. I want to hit a couple buttons, tell them what I need, and then I'm gone. Never get out of the car. It's all air conditioned. That's in tow. I'm listening to my my YouTube. And like everything's set. No, 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 no. That was too difficult. So now they set up these giant screens, and I had to take out thousand twenty dollars. They don't let you take out a thousand twenty dollars. You got to talk to somebody. Okay, fine. So I'm sitting. I hit Jeez. the button. I'm like, I'm on a time crunch, right? I have to drive all the way to one side of town, all the way to the other, pick up my kids, and get back here by six thirty. And so I get all the way, uh, and, and I hit the button. I'm like, okay. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. And they're just, there's people inside the bank. 
But apparently it has to alert somebody that, hey, somebody wants to talk to somebody live. And then somebody has to walk over and get in front of the screen and set up their headphones and set up the whole Zoom thing to then zoom in to then talk to somebody to then maybe tell me, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do that. You got to come inside. So I said, screw it. I pulled around, went inside. Whatever. Whatever. Fine. Drove all the way back, picked up my kids, had to answer a few phone calls. So, Luke, Lucas, I, I, I needed a micro e- HDMI to regular HDMI cable. And that's what I ordered. Right? I said I ordered it from Micro Center. All I have to do is walk up to the customer service desk, swipe my card, and I'm out the door. And that's what I did. I drove all the way to Micro Center. At this point, I've, I've wasted almost a half tank of gas driving all over the kingdom come to, to get the, <laughs> to here on time with the stupid cable so I could set up the camera. And... I, I get all the way here, get it all unpacked. I look down and it says uh, mini HDMI. And I'm like, you have Dude, got listen, to you talked to the wrong me. person. You got to talk to Terrence, right? <laughs> Terrence, Terrence knows what you need. I don't know who Terrence is, but I, all I'm Terrence ta- is one of the guys in the Kansas City Micro Center. He helped me find all kinds of cool stuff. I the ordered last time this I was stuff there. online. No. Like, I hit the button and I'm like, oh, you didn't maybe order I, it from Terrence, bro. I, I, maybe I made the mistake. Maybe I ordered the wrong thing because, you know, I don't want to just get ragey on the Micro Center people because I get it, right? <laughs> Like, everybody's making eight bucks an hour. They can't find help. And you feel bad for everybody. And so you're like, okay, I'm not going to get ragey. I'm not I'm not going to lose my craft and just flip over this table and say, screw it. I'm burning it all down. I'm going to go look and make sure that I ordered the right thing first before I flip out. And, of course, I had ordered the correct thing. Micro HDMI to HDMI cable. They just grabbed the wrong cable because apparently they, they couldn't read past the M. And so no, no camera, no camera. So no camera. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. Sounds I, like I had, had really my employees day, stay late. I had my employees stay late. And I said, "Hey, don't leave. I got to drive all over Kansas City, but I'm going to be back here, and I just need this, you to sit in the chair so I could set the focus. Can you do that? Oh. Like, oh, I got this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I had him sit down, and I'm sitting there messing. I get the white balance right, and I got the little thing, and I got it. I'm like, okay, I'm good. This is good as it's it's good as it's gonna get. I just gotta hook it up to the to the computer, and I pull out the cable, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm done. You <laughs> don't have another micro HDMI. I don't have 17 mi- of everything like you do. I have one. One. <laughs> hey, we've never ran what? into this. I'm just using like the twenty dollar <laughs> webcam I got off Amazon, but <laughs> that's this is why I stick with audio only. This whole story is the that, that's don't have to worry fantastic about all that advice, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, interestingly enough, on on the way over here, you, David, you kind of sparked it off for me and made me think about it. Um, a friend of mine and I have been messaging back and forth over the past couple of weeks, and he's talking about the fact that he's. Um, He's burnt out in the shop he's in, right? And so we're talking about it. And he's like, you know, he said, um, I, I have given all I can give. And he said, you know, I went, I followed your advice. I went to talk to the owner. And he said, um, you know, that I can't continue to do this anymore. I'm killing myself. And I said, okay, I need you to define what killing yourself is. And he said, well, he said, I'm working 70 hours a week. He said, I'm billing 70 hours a week, but a lot of the work I do is not attributed to me. But he said, I'm I'm working 70 hours a week. He said, I, I get up at 6 and I go to work and I work till 7 or 8 o'clock every single night. And I was like, you're stupid. And so um, we've had this great conversation over the past couple of hours that like, hey, 
you've got to set the expectation, right? As a as an employee, you can't let someone kill mm-hmm. you. You can't let someone over. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Work you because a, a business owner's job is to get as much through as they can. They'll take and take and take in some instances without realizing they're doing it. And now I sit down and find out David's making his poor people work till like 630 I'm over here like <laughs> preaching at this guy, like, dude, like, man, I, I yell at my people. Eight to five, man, you take an hour lunch and you leave at five. Okay, fine. Five thirty. I don't care if you sit around and BS till five thirty. Dude, go home. Right? Like, don't kill yourself over this place. And David's over here, like, I'm gonna need you to stay till eight. I'm gonna need you to stay so I can set the focus on my, on my camera. Are you getting paid? How many book hours does adjusting the focus on a camera pay, David? That's what salary's for, dear. That's what salary's for. You're just paying salary. It's like, yeah, salary's the same. It's fine. You don't have to track hours or anything. You don't have to do any of that. Just keep giving them more, right? Keep giving them more. More, um, more work? Lazy bums more money. That don't do anything. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, that's, no, that's always yeah, the answer. Money's not, not the answer at all. Like, I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Sean, I am pretty excited about the fact that you are going to come to ASTE and this year you're going to have your very own podcast studio. We are too. We're not going yeah. to be in the freaking hotel rooms. Did you, did you record last year <laughs> in your hotel room? I I did, and uh, you can talk to Brandon Dills. We we couldn't get the the mic stands to go on the table. The table was too thick, so we had a chair on the table with the mics clipped to the chair. It was ridiculous. But I'm going to tell you audio only. Audio only. I'm going to tell you something, bro. Me and you have been friends for a while now, right? Like we we we've hung out, Mm -hmm. we've gone to eat, and like I consider us friends. 
I, I'm really starting to question you if you're going to say that you had Brandon Dills in your hotel room. I mean, it was Brandon's hotel room, actually. <laughs> oh, that sucks, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he was uh, he was my hype man that weekend. He was going around grabbing people, bringing them up there and stuff. It was I'm sure people were weirded out. Like, what's this random dude bringing me up to a hotel? Room for <laughs> and then there's a chair on a table with mics you, connected you, to it. What is you this? You want to be a star, don't you? Take it off. <laughs> <laughs> the only fan. <laughs> the only fan. That's the only fan camera. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so, we, we only have one that's fan. It, that's all you got, man. Um, so, you know, it's pretty cool this year because we saw um, so much hype over the last couple of years that some really cool people are coming. Um, we've got you coming. You've got... Um, Paul Danner yeah. coming. That's a big deal. You got Brian. Yeah, that's yeah, huge. You got Brian that, that uh, writes classes for Paul. Uh, Brian's coming. One that I'm really super excited about. Nobody knows this yet, but Jeff Compton's coming. And like Jeff's been the one who's oh, nice. always like super vocal about what's wrong with our industry and willing to tell you whether you like it or not. I actually registered him <laughs> him because I registered him through the shop. I registered him as Jeff Jaded Compton. So that's going to show up on his name badge and everything. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Nice. Um, That's yeah, cool. And so, go yeah. Ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, last year was a blast. And I know I talked about it on here and had interviews from ASTE. It was, it, the networking was fantastic. I think a little bit of it was that was everybody's first real time back after a long stretch of COVID. But I mean, for the event, uh, what an awesome thing to be that first of yeah, uh, uh, the thing that was back and got everybody back yeah. together. Cause man, so many people were, I know they were so excited and there were so many new faces there. Right. Um, and so, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it was cool because it was the first year we had branched out. Like every year we do the ASOC dinner and the scholarships for the techs and owners and all that good stuff. But we actually went out and we ran a go-kart track. Right. So it was so cool. Everybody got to go out and ride go-karts and we did a lot of fun, um, extra stuff that we had not been doing before that. So that was a blast. And then this year, what's even cooler about that is that we started adding a lot of cool stuff. So like ASTE's always been Friday and Saturday. Now we've added Thursday for some super intensive training that's like off the charts, man. And, and you know, a big focus right now has been on EV. But and, and Isaac's class, mm -hmm. man, like in a day and a half, Isaac's hands-on EV class filled up just like that. I mean, it didn't take but maybe a day or two. Carolyn Coquelette, uh from Shopware, and I'm sure I just butchered that, she's teaching one for owners. But I'll tell you what everybody in the shop has been super pumped about is Seth and Justin Morgan are going to teach a Pico 7 class. And so oh, everybody okay. here... Right, had upgraded their scopes to Pico 7, and it was different, and it was more different than they thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is more different than you think it was <laughs> like, Everybody's like, oh, man. And, and so they became less efficient overnight. It was great. It, you know, we stopped mixing cars all together and, and you know, basically sat around a laptop for a couple hours. It's cool. Um, but that uh -huh. is a hands-on class. 
right? Like they are going to set cameras up on a car. There's mm-hmm. going to be a car in the in the hotel, and they're going to be testing sensors. And I know it says something on there about it being BMW, but it's not about BMW. It is about Pico Seven. And so I am super okay. excited about that. Like everybody in my shop signed up for that one. I I'm I am excited for my guys to become efficient again. It's going to be great. Um, what <laughs> that no that's real, that's really cool. There's some big names right there. And I know there's yeah, more um, too. Is uh Brandon is he yeah, teaching? So not on Did I not see on that? Thursday. So on Thursday you've got uh Carolyn teaching the uh best EV business practices. So really for owners, mm-hmm. you've got zero to 400 volt with Isaac, um, and it's the advanced fundamentals of hybrid and electric vehicle technology. And that's, that's another cool thing that got added this year is CTI came out and said, hey, we're right down the road. Let's use the R&D facility for hands-on classes, right? And so, like, dude, I don't know if you've ever been. They've got yeah. some of the coolest tools in the world in that place. It is literally set oh, I up. Bet to be the, the, the development center for the classes that you see. Now imagine going in there and having the opportunity to use the tools and see exactly where they're recording the classes and do the hands-on work with them, man. That's huge. Sure. That's um, cool. Yeah. That, I mean, even just since last yeah, year, it's, it's it growing. And, and so like first three days, um, conventionally you were seeing 50 and 60 registrations for the first two weeks. Right. The first three mm-hmm. days, they were over 600 registrations, right? Like, it was just like that. Um, wow. Also, on Thursday, you've got uh, the Garage Gurus. So, they're doing ignition system failures and diagnostics. And then, um, for shop owners, they've got, or service advisors, they've got Cecil Bullard teaching the uh, sales and advisor class on how to sell. And, and you know, I got to be honest with you, I think a lot of the mobile guys who are out there, they're kind of branching out on their own right now. They're just starting this thing. I think that would be Mm -hmm. big for them because it's going to help them communicate better with the shops as a whole. It's going to allow them to, to know how to speak to the shop and, and talk in a term that the shop can understand. Um, I was going to ask that. I mean, is it, you think it's worth it for a tech to take uh, a shop management course while they're there? Even if maybe they're like, well, I'm not interested. I'm not going to do this stuff. I mean, is that is that a benefit? Because I can't say that I've ever actually sat down and so, taken one. Uh, I talked to Brian Pollock about it. I talked to the guy that I was telling you had some issues with his shop um, on my way over here that I was talking to. I talked to Jeff Compton. And, and some of the things we talked about are like, hey, if you've got problems with your shop leadership, then go and learn how it's supposed to be done. Understand their perspective, and the best way to do that is through a class if, if they're not going to allow you to get that in your shop. I personally think if you go to a class, you can kind of get some ideas. You take it back to the boss, man. You want to talk about somebody who's going to – first, he may not be receptive, but somebody that's really going to appreciate that information and that knowledge. Hey, I went to this class. I saw this thing, and I see how they're doing it. Man, we missed something. This is really easy. We could do this, and it would make things a lot easier. Gosh, it makes it better in the shop for everybody. And it, it helps the mm-hmm. tech understand why we do what we do. It's not just as um, as abrupt as saying, hey, I'm the owner. I'm going to change something. We're going to start doing this like this right. now. It helps the tech see why we're changing it a little bit more effectively, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. It's where you can lose some confidence in somebody if you're like, are they just changing stuff just exactly. to change stuff? Is it just because... 
they're upset with the numbers and they need to mix it up or do they have a plan, a strategy? And right. yeah, it's, and, and, you know, I, something I've really picked up over the past couple of weeks, because I got into some really in-depth conversations with some fairly high end technicians in our, in our profession over the past couple of weeks. And something that I have picked up from them is they're not communicating with the owner that they're frustrated. They're not communicating with the owner that they're overworked and they're pressured. They're not communicating that they're not happy. And I see Mm -hmm. that as a failure on both parts because the owner should be picking up on it. But in the same respect, that tech has a responsibility to communicate and say, hey, man, you're working me to death. I can't do this. This is not a reasonable Mm -hmm. expectation. Here's what I can do. You know, I made a reel the other day, and I was talking about, um, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it, the deal where Sully Sullenberger, all those years ago, landed the plane in the Hudson River. Remember that? And and mm-hmm. one of the things I pointed out to one of my friends and in this reel was, is what did he say before he went into the Hudson River? They were giving him options of places he could land the plane. And they were saying, you can go to this airport or this airport or that runway or that runway. And he just kept saying, unable, unable, unable. And later they pointed out that if he had tried to do that because the air traffic controller said it and because he really wanted to land at an airport, he would have killed thousands of Mm -hmm. people because he would have put a plane down in the middle of New York City. Right? And instead, what did he do? He was a professional and he realized what he could and could not do. So what did he say? I'm unable to do that. And so it stands Mm -hmm. out to me that techs have the same responsibility. I'm unable to do that. It's sure. there's no reason to be mad about it. There's no reason to think dude's going to be upset. And in the case I was talking about earlier, what I've found is is that this technician found himself in a situation where he was, you know, he was in the honeymoon phase. Man, he's fired up. He's excited. He's going to go out here and get it. Mm-hmm. He's going to kill it for these people. And he kept doing that to the point that it became the expectation. They never expected sure, it. Sure, he provided it. Now they're like, well, "What do you? Mean? I can't do it mm-hmm. anymore, right?" Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. So, and I, I agree with that is, you know, you gotta, you gotta voice your concerns when you have a problem with the person you're working for. It's an uncomfortable conversation and, but you have to have it right. So that they know, okay, um, this is, you know, this, this is how you're, how I'm feeling. This is what he's upset about. So on and so forth. But what is reasonable? What are you able to do that? That's going to, really change a lot depending on the person. And I worked with a lot of techs that said they were unable to do stuff. Is it really just because you don't want to do it or is it because you're unable to do it? So that's, that is a tricky area to navigate as a tech, as an owner too. Like, okay, can this guy really, can can he make this happen? No. Yeah. 70 hours every week. Yeah. That's kind of ridiculous for, for most people, but I I think everybody's at a different level. Everybody's at a different place and there's a maximum output for, you know, Joe is going to be way different than Steve. What they're able is going to be very different. So I think, and you tell me as an owner, that's got to be a skill in itself is is to try to recognize that. And here's the thing is, A, we've got to take into account what work they're doing, right? We have to know what work they're doing. If you're doing all diag every day, you're not going to turn 12 hours a day. Um, if you're mm-hmm. doing GS work, you might turn more hours, but your effective labor rate is going to be lower for those hours. And, and, you know, I, I think we've got into this thing and, and we've talked about arbitrary numbers before where people come in and say, Hey, like, I really want to earn a lot of money. I, I think I'm worth $120,000 a year. 
And I've, I've talked to a tech here locally a while back, and he's like, I won't get out of bed for less than $35 an hour. And I'm like, dude, like, you got to think about where you live. You got to think about all of these things that generate that revenue. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be the best tech in the world. But when you're put up against the best techs in the world, are you really the best tech in the world? Right? And I, mm-hmm. I know it's hard to, to reflect on that and say, man, is this a capability problem? Is this a sandbagging problem? Or is this, I'm overworked? I, I personally mm-hmm. believe that a, an ATEC that's not doing strictly diag, right? If an ATEC is, is working on cars, he should probably be somewhere 10 to 12 hours a day. If we consider somebody a B tech, mm-hmm. I'm going to say eight to 10. And I'm, I'm going to say C tech, you know, six to eight because they're learning, they're coming up. I'll be honest with you, GS, I think you're probably going to see 45, 50 hours a, a week out of them, but it's going to be less profitable work because you're not, your, your labor rate can't be as high for oil services as it is other things. And so, right. you know, I think we've got to have a real conversation. We need B techs. We need C techs. Mm-hmm. We also need ATEX, and and there's probably not enough work for all the ATEX in the world already. So we got to be reasonable about <laughs> right. this. Um, actually, so uh, last episode I had a couple of mobile guys on, and we were just talking about entrepreneurship, going out on yeah. your own, right? And I was mentioning that I've I've been finding it interesting recently to see a lot of the top of the top techs going yeah. out on their own, and I might be completely biased to it because that's the circle that I am in and the people I talk to, but I'm like, wow, so many of the top, top guys going to work for themselves. Um, if, if one of you guys had a like legitimate top guy, like let's say Keith Perkins, for instance, right? Go back five years ago. He was a tech in a shop, just, you know, like any, any other tech, right. And now he's just out there just crushing it with in every aspect. Um, do you think you guys would have been able to retain him as a tech in your shop or is there just are there some people that are just bound so, to venture out here's on their the own thing, and and I think that it's something that's not talked about enough right um I, as a matter of fact there is a monarchy owner from your neck of the woods that his daughter's car is here right now she's going to the local college and we were talking about okay. this exact thing just the other day, right? And it was it was a killer conversation. Um, and he, he was saying that, hey, I've got 18 Meineke stores. And he said, my job is to work with each one of these guys. And if I can provide a better opportunity here than they can have on their own or going to work for somebody else, it's my responsibility to share that with them and make sure they know it. He said, likewise, if mm-hmm. somebody else is providing a better opportunity, it's my job to tell them that's a better opportunity. Take it and run with it, right? And so my, you know, and, and maybe I'm different, but my belief for my business is this, Sean, is I am looking to figure out how do I take my business and achieve the dreams of my people, right? Zig Ziglar said, mm-hmm. you get where you're going in life by helping enough other people get where they're going. It's the only way you get there, in my opinion. And so my vision is if I've got a a guy who wants to own a shop, my, my focus is not on saying, no, I don't want you to own a shop. I want to keep you here. If he's an entrepreneur and he wants to work for himself, let me teach you how to do it. So you don't make the mistakes I made so you can be profitable and you have a good life. And if you want to go mobile, man, I'll hire you. 
I'll start having you come in and do mobile work here. We'll spread. Can I invest in your business? Do you need me to help you get a truck? What can we do? Because I want this business Mm -hmm. to feed its people. Now, in the same respect, I think we could keep them, right? I I don't think there's any concern with these shops paying appropriately to be able to keep somebody like that in-house. But I'll tell you where my concern Mm -hmm. is. What do we do when they hit 55? What do we do when they hit 60? What do we do when they can't be a production line tech anymore? And we don't have a shop that, that facilitates a manager and, and educators. And how do we do that? And so I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we do have to have alternate options. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, th- I worry about some of my friends that started mobile operations because I worry about, you know, I talked to Scundrich about this a while back. What is the, what is the end game? Are you storing money back? Are you putting something to have something later in life? Are you creating um, an investment? You know, I've, I've talked on our podcast at length about a guy here in town who uh, had a shop and he thought that shop was going to be his retirement. And it turned out the shop wasn't mm-hmm. worth anything. It didn't have any value. How are you going to retire on something that doesn't have right. any value, Right. And so I don't mm-hmm. want to see mobile guys get out and, and not understand the financials of the business and back themselves into a corner. You've still got right, to know how to run right. a business. Because, yeah, yeah, and that, that van and the equipment that's going to be outdated oh. is – unless you really get something special going, that's not going to be something that you can sell for yeah, crazy amounts of money at, at the end of the road. Uh, so probably even more so than yes. a brick and mortar. I mean, at least if you had a physical location that there's – there's a physical location to sell, but yeah, a, a mobile setup definitely you, that is a huge consideration well, uh, to, to take into account. And so, how do we, how do we as an industry lift up the mobile guys? How do we take care of the mobile guys? How do we? Because I think for so long we've really focused on what we're doing in our own businesses. And we've focused so heavily at this little small center that we're in that we didn't look at the Mm -hmm. rest of the industry as a whole. We didn't look at the rest of the profession and say, hey, gosh, we don't have a very good reputation. People are leaving in droves. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Right? And I think we got to work together to fix it. We've got to work together to begin to have a change in the industry. And if that means lifting up people who are moving on, come on now. I mean, like... It's almost like they think they're going to hurt them. They think they're going to hurt their business. I've, Sean, I can look out front here, and I can count 5,000 cars in two hours. Come on. yeah, Another shop, right. a mobile guy, he's not going to hurt your business. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, and if you're a savvy business owner, you can, like you say, use yeah. it to help your business. And the some of the more successful shops that I go to, at least from my perspective, are the ones that see it as a a, yeah. a benefit to them that this is going to save them time and make them more money as opposed to if I wasn't coming in and doing I, this stuff. And yeah, the ones that look at it like an expense, you know, that's the opposite end of the spectrum because they, I don't know, the mindset's completely different for business with those well, types of people. It is, but you know, I'm going to tell you something. I, I have used mobile guys. Now I don't have any local mobile guys. I've had to have Brandon come up a few times. What I utilize a mobile guy for is not even programming or the hard diag stuff. I'm like, look, mm-hmm. you're overloaded. 
we, we're behind on diags. Yep. I've got too much work to go through here. I mean, like right now, we're 43, 44 cars deep in the shop. We got three bays. We're going as hard as we can, full pace, and people are dropping cars off as fast as we can get them out the door. And so mm-hmm. I use somebody like Brandon to come in and say, hey, you take these 10 cars, you rock them out today. The guys will be in here fixing them. You diag, write them up, get them up here to my advisor. I'll pay you whatever you ask for that because it keeps me moving. Yep. Right. It keeps the revenue stream mm-hmm. moving. I, I think mobile guys are extremely valuable if they're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a Firestone store, uh, store manager who does that same thing, did that same thing just last week. Like, hey, we're slammed. I know my guys can solve these cars. Right. We're just going to pay you. I'm happy to pay you for the exactly. convenience, right? To to get this stuff moving, and that's um, that's actually something that I've discovered on my side of the things too. Uh, you know, lots of people have talked about it, but I'm I'm learning this stuff for the first time. Where you take what you can make in an hour, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I could make X amount of dollars in an hour if I was working providing providing my specialized service, or I could take that hour and try to do this one thing to save. Ten dollars, yeah. you know that I, or I, you know, I could pay somebody half of that rate to do for me, and exactly. go out and make money instead. And so, anytime I'm, because I'm the kind of guy, you know, do it yourself. I, I've always been like, I don't want to pay anybody for anything if I can do it. And I'm finding more and more, it makes so much more I, sense. I know. I just, just pay you to you, do it. You, listen, you can go to a steakhouse and let them cook you a steak, Sean. I promise. Like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very tasty, it too. So. And, and look, you know, so some of the things, like we, we were talking about ASDE on, on that Thursday, there is a mm-hmm. um, business valuation panel. And they're going to sit down and they're going to talk about, like, how do you buy a business? How do you determine the value of a business? How do you invest mm-hmm. in the business? Like, what, where, where does the money picture play out? Because I think, as, man, as a whole, we're really good with cars and really bad with money, right? Like, we are really bad with money. I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, all these right. technicians, and I, I've got one myself, and we laugh about it, and he laughs about it. We, he comes in all the time, man, I really need more money. How much, like, <laughs> you just keep spending it. <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted all this cool yep. stuff. <laughs> there's a limit to this He's burning a hole in yeah, his pocket dude. yeah uh I, it's crazy yeah. it's crazy it really is and i look i i still think that technical training is very important and and so like um i think it's on uh i think friday and i don't know how this played out but you've got brandon steckler and jim morton both back to back like their their classes are at the same time so you got to pick one but you know the chance to hear jim morton speak because he doesn't do the online training thing. He doesn't put that stuff out there. That to right. me, even if, if just for the, the chance of getting to hear him talk about it because he's so passionate about it, man, that's worth it for me. So I, I still think you got to do technical training, but I, I think it is key to have these guys in some business management or some service advisor training. They need to understand both sides of the, of the business. They need to understand front of house and understand back of house because we're all working together. I think there's a division right now, especially in, in techs and ownership and techs and service writers or service managers. They feel like they're against each other and we've got to stop that because Mm -hmm. that's not the case, right? It doesn't have to be stressful. It's really not that bad. Right. 
Yeah, I, I worked at a shop. One of my first shops that I worked at, they had us sell our own tickets and order our own right. parts, right? So you were kind of you kind of both tech and service writer, and your efficiency, you know, drops off yeah. a cliff. But I will say this: it when I went to a shop later in my career where I was just a tech, just fixing cars, I didn't even talk to customers. It it did make it so much easier to interact with the service writers and the people who were up there because I at least had an idea, right. okay, this is what they've got to, you know, if I give them this ticket, now they have to do this to find the parts. They have to do this to sell the job. You know, this is the reaction from the customer. Okay. So I can, I can work with them as opposed to never experiencing that. I'm like, okay, yeah, here, sell four calipers. It's very different when you understand the other yeah. side of the table. And, and I, how often is it missed? Right. How often is it misunderstood? And, and, you know, I, I liken it to like the text message world that we live in today. I can send you a text message and mean one thing and you can perceive something completely different from it. And I think we have that in communication from front of house to back of house, you know, and, and we talk about this tech who feels overworked. And I, I specifically said to him, if I'm asking my guy, can this be done today? Dude, I don't need you to freaking lie to me. So I feel better. I don't need you to tell me, oh, yeah, yeah, I can get it done. Nah, man, like if you can't comfortably mm-hmm. do it, say, I can't comfortably do it. Okay. Right? I'm not mm-hmm. going to be mad. I don't care. It's not the end of the world. I just need to know. But talking but about so you many- hand something to a technician and they go, I can't do that. No, no. What, what are you talking? Who else is going to do it? Like, am, am I supposed saying, to find no. somebody here to do this one thing? Like, sit down, read the <laughs> service information, and get the work done. What are you talking about? I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, let's say, for instance, what, what this tech explained, okay? He's got a Honda, I think he said it was a pilot, and at 4.15, his owner comes to him and says, hey, um, we had promised this Honda pilot today it needs a water pump and uh, either a time and belt, time and chain, something. I can't remember what he said. He's like, it was 14 hours on the ticket. And dude literally walked up to me and expected me to have that done today. And I'm like, are you sure he expected you to have that done? Like, I need to understand. Like, are you positive that he wasn't just saying, like, can you have this done? Whoops, we messed up. We promised this. I know it's not going to be done. Here's the keys. Get it when you get it. He's like, no, he expected me to stay until midnight and get it done. Was he smoking crack? Right. I mean, David, on the other hand, I'm sure David does that, right? Like, David's an asshole, and he just wants his money in his boat. And I, I I'm not saying that. I haven't gotten a boat yet, that, so I don't know where this money's going, apparently. <laughs> that's, un, that's unreasonable. It's in your garden. Yeah, there, there's a gross miscommunication there. That's my point. Well, that that's is, un, that's like, what I'm trying to say. You're talking about an extreme there. Like, no rational person's going to look at a 14-hour ticket with an hour and a half left in the day and go, hey, you need to get this done or we need to stay tonight and knock it out. It's like, okay, so you want me to be here till three in the morning? Like, that's unreasonable. Nobody's going to expect comple- that normally. But, that, you know, you're, what you're advocating for here. I've gotten that request of Firestone yeah, well, before. That's, so. yeah, and that, that's, that's part of the problem there. I mean, that's, I'm, that's nuts. That's somebody that wants to get the sale come hell or high water they don't want to tell the customer, hey, it's going to be four days. They want to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get it knocked out. You just got to say yes. And, I mean, you're doing a disservice to the customer. You're doing a disservice to the to the, to the the technician. To, to what end? 
maybe hit a bonus. But I mean, that's my point. As the he owner's like, yes. what? I'm just going to end up destroying my relationship with my technician. I'm going to do a disservice to my customer, possibly ruin my reputation. What quality of work is actually going to go out the door? It's rushed. Like so, you're right. screwing everybody every yeah. which way up and down this entire process. I, you know, are there shops like that? Yeah. Are, are, they, are they independent? Are there independent shops that are like that? I don't know that that there are a lot of independent shops that are doing that. The, this is an independent shop, and and that was my point though, is that this technician said yes and got the work done, right? And I I thought that that was completely unreasonable. And my point to him was say, hey, it's four fifteen. There's no way I get that done. Communicate. Right. And, and they're used to going to him and him being the yes man. I'll get it done. Don't worry about it. And, and my point is, is that you can't always do that. You have to be uh, haptic feedback's not the word, but there has to be feedback. You have to provide feedback. You can't just sit there and take everything that comes at you and say, yes, I can do that. No, I can't do that. This is safe. That isn't safe. That's your responsibility as a professional. That, 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 that's what I'm trying to get across is it's not, I'm not saying like, no, I'm not going to be able to do that job for you. No, that's not my point. Like, we're the same way as you are, David. We want to learn. We want to grow. We want to figure out how to do the job. If we don't have the tools, we'll buy the tools to do the job. If we shouldn't take it on, we won't take it on. But, you know, there's very few things that we won't undertake. My point is that if it is something you just shouldn't do, if it's something you don't have time to do, and everybody's still pushing to get it done, somebody's got to be there to say, hey, bad idea i'm not doing this mm-hmm. yeah it's uh well and it's it keep, keeping that relationship with the technician too because uh, i remember there were days you know where hey it's friday and i'm leaving for the weekend i want to get out of here at my scheduled time yeah. to leave right because it was very common at firestone well you leave when the work's done um sort of mentality but i would say hey i gotta be out of here at four today because I've got this going on. And then if maybe you got that person who wants to hit their bonus, they're just all fixed on the numbers and they sell you that 10 hour ticket when, you know, it's that, you know, getting towards noon and you're like, Hey dude, I told you that, you know, I wanted to be out of here by this time. And that I think really starts to breed that resentment yeah. between the front and the back shop when stuff like that's done. Um, Who's driving that? Then? And so it, the probably the incentive uh, structure for the people up front or the entire shop, yeah. maybe even too, but the whole incentive structure for the people doing so it because people that are on he's going to hit, yeah, numbers of like bonus. They're being paid per job, so they have to pack in as many jobs mm-hmm. into one day as humanly possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, is, is that the, a, the is that what it's called? Dig it's called it, Mike Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know That's the one. Uh, well, I mean, look, and, and dude, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I personally really do believe that it doesn't matter how you're paid if the person paying you is intending to take advantage of you. They're going to take advantage <laughs> of you no matter what, right? If if the person mm-hmm. really cares about you, I don't pay flat rate. I don't. We, we do a bonus structure that uses something like flat rate to calculate the bonus structure, but everybody's paid 40 hours a week, right? There's no, you're not going to eat this week if you don't turn hours. I just don't agree with that. I think it's wrong. Yeah, definitely. If you're, if you're physically somewhere for 40 hours, you should be getting, you know, at least that, that amount of pay. Um, yeah, it's, uh, 
it's a tough one. I you know you guys have talked about it quite a bit and I have too, cause it's, it's very difficult to just take yeah. away and the top performers are not going to jive with that. I wouldn't have as a tech and be like, no, like I like making a hundred hours a week. This is awesome. Why would I change that? Um, but well, if, on, yeah, Matt. as a you're, whole, you're not doing a hundred hours a week any longer. You got out of it. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. That's the conversation. Uh, Cause then, hey, you can't in like five years, you're going to be out of it. Yeah. You can't maintain well, you that. Go. Um, that's it's, it's a young man's game and you got to be a hustler too. And that stuff. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. last. Right. Or, or for very unique people, they can, they can keep doing that for a long period of time, but everybody's going to slow down. Everybody's going to get burnt out. Uh, you it's just, hard on your body, man. It, it's super hard. Yeah, yeah. It was hard on your mind, too. I remember the like days where I was physically there for 13, 14 hours. I was toast yeah. mentally by the end of the day. Like, I go home, zombie on the couch. Like, I had nothing yeah. else left. I wasn't going to go work out. I wasn't going to hang out with my friends. I'm done mentally, even if my body could do more at the end of that day. And that level eventually take a bigger toll on you if you keep doing yeah. it over and over and over again. And I am a hustler. Like I want to make as much money right. as possible. I'm doing it with the mobile thing, but I got to know, okay, this is when I need to stop working so that I got a little bit left in the tank for the other parts why, of my why life. Why wouldn't somebody that's, that's invested in flat rate and can do a hundred hours, why wouldn't they just go beeline it to the dealership? Well, this is my perspective, but I think you can make more flat rate in the independent than at the dealership, um, mainly because of warranty time. Now, this is coming from somebody who's only worked at a dealership for like six months. So my perspective might be skewed, but from what I had seen out in the field, I could do, I could turn more hours at an independent than I could in a dealer, but I, you guys I, I have no idea if you think differently. But I'm, I'm saying like, it seems as though a more sustainable path for a flat rate guy is to go, okay, I'm doing a hundred hours at a Firestone, uh, but mm-hmm. I could do a consistent 60 at a dealership, you know, replacing that one sensor underneath the intake manifold that pays three and a half hours that I can do in two and I can do that all day long over sure. and over and over again for the next 20 years and be perfectly fine at it. It doesn't make you a better technician. It doesn't get you more efficient. You're not, you're not going to move up yeah. in the industry in any way, shape, or form. But if you're really it, married to it's – Yeah, boring. it's unbelievably <laughs> boring and mind-numbing. It becomes factory work, right? <laughs> but if yeah. you're married to that flat rate life and you don't care, you're just like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I want to be there for 50 hours but I want to get paid for 70, then it makes sense to just go to the dealership. So when you turn 40, 45, 50, and your body just cannot handle doing 100 hours at a Firestone any longer, you're saying everybody's going into the mobile world. Okay, why wouldn't that mm-hmm. flat rate guy beeline it over to the dealership? I, I think I'm the gonna... mobile thing's going to become an issue. The, the mobile thing's like, I think it's every, like they see you do it, they see Keith do it, they see Tanner do it, you know, and it's like it's trendy. And so everybody's like running sure. after cool. this mobile thing without without ever putting any thought into do I really want to own my own business? Zach talked about it. Zach McLean, right? Yeah. He's like I had no yeah. idea. Like mm-hmm. this isn't 
at all what I was expecting. <laughs> this is what I signed this, up yeah, for. I, I thought, thought I was going to go cars. work for myself. <laughs> yeah, I, but I'm doing books at night, and I'm pulling up receipts, yeah. and then I got to go find a tax person. It turns into a mess. And so, yeah, yeah. The mobile doesn't make any sense to me in any way, shape, or form. Like what you're doing, Sean, makes sense. Yeah, you're going to do the mobile thing, but you've got the podcast thing too. That can get leveraged. Like this, and like you have Keith who's doing training. He's got this website. He's leveraging what he does in the mobile thing into other streams of income. That makes sense to me. But just like just straight mobile work, that doesn't make any sense to me. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking those, those mobile guys in really underserved areas are propping up shops that shouldn't be in mm-hmm. business any longer. Yeah, that, that is true. Yep. That is a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tommy has talked about that a, a lot, especially in his area. He believes the same thing as there's shops that just shouldn't be yeah. functional, but uh, people, special specialty people are keeping them in business. Um, I, I think personally the people the standout people that we're seeing do that, like you talk about with Keith and, and Brandon. I mean, all the stuff that Brandon's got going on, right? He was at a dealership. Um, uh, Cody, Gaddy, um, trying to think of some of the other guys. I had Don and Kyle on last week, right? So I don't think those people, again, I've never worked at a dealership, but I don't think those people could go to a dealership because of what I mentioned, what you guys mentioned, you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it's, it's, unfulfilling and it's boring and it's monotonous and there are some people who love that and want that as a job right they just want to go in punch their clock make their check and then go do whatever else they want outside of work and that's 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 their fulfillment is when they're away from work but i I think the people that are really you know going for it right now uh, you know owning a business doing the mobile thing they want something more challenging more fulfilling that's going to be they don't know. I don't. I don't know what's coming to me. I mean, the next day, right? I don't know that what kind of problems I'm going to deal with. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get my butt kicked by something. But that makes it exciting to get up and go to work in the morning. If I've got to do another sensor on the intake, okay, right. all and, right, I guess. You know, you know, here's the thing: the dealerships got politics, right? They've got a ton of politics. Who's getting what job? How it's going? That that's one of the big things that we've heard around here. Is that look? I'm I'm tired of the the bureaucracy and politics in a dealership it sucks um Mm -hmm. and and that doesn't come from all of them some are better than others some have great culture um i you know and and here's here's what i see though right in asog in the groups in talking to to owners and and look I, i was in a shop a couple weeks ago that it would it would make you sick i mean the techs are making 725 an hour they're not really techs Nobody there knows what they're doing, but they're still working on cars and they're still getting paid and they're still right. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. And, and the sad thing is, is that you're right. Mobile guys are propping that up, but to what end? Because here's the thing. If you're propping that up, that has to mean that you're going in there, you're charging a subpar rate to diag the car. You're not charging enough hours or enough time for diagging the car. Just like we've seen in the groups, you know, they start a shop and they don't know how to charge appropriately, so they don't charge enough. They get themselves undervalued. They get the wrong clients. The clients are really tough to deal with. They don't appreciate what they're doing. It's the same thing in the mobile world. And so I I think you still got to do some business training. If you're going to start a mobile business, for God's sakes, please understand a P&L. 
right? If nothing else, understand how to do your books and understand your P&L so you know, like, hey, I'm making money or I'm not. Because if you don't know if you're making mm-hmm. money, man, like, oh, my bank account's growing. Dude, that can that can fool you quick. Like, it can grow, but but it can also mean you're not making money and you're accepting tons of tax liability. Um, and so you've yep. got to be really careful with this. And, and, you know, we talk about them propping up shops. I, I think if you're propping up a shop, if the shop you're going into has no clue and you go in there and you charge them 70, 80, 90, 100, 200 bucks, and you're only there for an hour, that's one thing. If you're there for four hours and you charge them 100 bucks, hold up. You just, you work for yeah. less than you'd be working for in a shop. And Who's you don't have that? benefits, right. you don't have protections, you don't have... I don't, Yo, I don't what know. are you talking about? Who does that? Who shows up for four I, hours for I've seen bucks? it. I've seen it, man. I don't know, man. Maybe that's because I, I've got Brandon Dills. I've got dirt on him. <laughs> Brand, uh, yeah, Brandon Dills <laughs> is driving all the way out to your shop. Right, I saw him. Eat, I, <laughs> listen, I saw him eating those uh, those crayons with the glitter in them, and ever since then he's been willing to do anything for free. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know that anybody's actually doing that. I'm just saying, like they're they're going out and they're telling. They're telling these shop, and I don't. I don't think they're dirt floor shops. These are these are well managed production shops that are pumping out water pumps mm-hmm. and suspension work. Yeah, and you know they threw the sensor at the car. They don't want to let the car go. The sensor didn't fix it, and so they call the mobile guy. The mobile guy has to come out and do the diag work, and so they'll just pass that along to the customer, and the customer doesn't know any different, and you know whatever, and. Instead of investing and keeping that guy in the shop, like you're saying, uh, Sean, keeping the, the guy in the shop, paying them well, training training them, you know, setting them up for success, they're letting them run off to do this mobile thing and going, that's fine. I'll just hire another guy that can do suspension work all day long. And if I need you, great. I'll call you and I'll pay you your $250 trip fee to come out and do some diag for me. And I'll just pass it along to the customer. I, I just that that business model, um, the the shop. Not I'm talking about the I'm not talking about the mobile guy. The the shop that business model needs to die a horrible, fiery, painful death. I agree. And the mobile guys are propping them up. And I understand it from the, what Lucas did. Like it makes sense to if I'm backed up with work and you know my diet guys hung up. And my other two guys or other three guys can't. I know that this diag is going to be over their heads, right? Because there's going to be some BS mm-hmm. and some can line this, that, and the other, and they need the scope out. And this is going to be more than just checking for powers and grounds and just stuff like that. It makes sense to hire a mobile guy. Hey, come out. I need you to bang out these four or five diags. Yeah, I'll pay you whatever. I'll pay you two fifty mm-hmm. a car, or whatever it happens to be. That makes sense because I'm going to make money on the repair. And it, it absolutely makes sense. You know, maybe I'll eat a little bit of the diag fee or whatever. I'll just break even on the diag, but I'll make it on the back end just to get the car out the door. Mm-hmm. That makes absolute sense. Yeah, absolutely. Hire the mobile guy. But, hey, I don't have this equipment. And it's not because, like, if I had to program a BMW, like, I'm 100% calling a mobile guy because I do not have the BMW computer. I'm not going to try it with an Autel. It, that's not going to be a thing. So, but I don't see enough BMWs to for it to be an issue. You see what I'm saying? Like, I 
I'm not going to mm-hmm. see that BMW. Yeah. I might see one more this year. And so that needs this type mm-hmm. of setup. I'm not going to spend the money, whatever, $6,000 with, with uh, Seth to have him ship me. And then I got to figure out how to use it. And I'm on the phone with him, this, that, and the other. And for, for one car, thinking that I'll make it up on the back end, dude, I'm never going to make that money back. So, yeah, hire the mobile guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't want to flash a whatever, a, a BCM on a 2010 Tahoe. Yes. Why don't you have a J box like the very like the most basic mm-hmm. of flashing? You don't want to do because ah, I don't want to figure out that computer stuff. That shop needs to go. Also, uh, that stuff doesn't make me any money. And yeah, we bought a J box, but it sits in the corner. But hey, my guy's too busy doing that water pump. I'm not going to spend the money uh, training that guy how to pull that computer out and bang it out. How many Lucas? We hear this all the time. I really yeah. wanted to get this machine figured out i really wanted to learn this computer i wanted to learn the flashing i wanted i wanted to learn this stuff but my shop didn't want to pay me to do it they didn't want to pay for the training they said that i'm not going to use it it's not worth it to them every day the the technician is gung-ho the shop has no interest in investing in the technician i that's like 60 70 percent of shops i hate to say it 60 70 percent of shops that's what they're doing that doesn't make me any money. Mm-hmm. That water pump will. Those suspension parts will. So go do that. That's what's killing the industry, that. And that guy and says, you know what? Enough is enough. And they go become a mobile guy. And then we start the process back over. Where that guy could leave that shop and go find a better shop. Starve out those shops that aren't investing in their technicians. But they're not. They just keep going back. I don't know why they keep going back. They keep going back. I, and it, it's a thing, right? It's a plague, right? Why? It, it, there's a lot of really bad shops, and and there's bad technicians too, but they're 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 not feeding each other. Um, well, Sean, let me ask you this: You ask, do you think we could keep them? Do you think we could keep them? It'd be it'd be tough because I think that some people, yourselves included are just meant to go that direction, right? To forge their own path. And eventually, at some point or another, you know, they're going to make their own thing happen, whatever that looks like, right? And so, obviously, that depends greatly on the person. But I think there are those people out there. I don't think that's um, the majority of mobile guys, though. I, I don't think okay, that's and that, and that's and that's probably a fair statement too. That's probably a fair statement. Um, I, I think some of that has to do with all the yeah. stuff they were talking about um, earlier. That's driving people out. Um, but yeah, there's there's just those people that are like like a Keith that yeah. are just hyper intelligent too. And so, oh, he's teaching if, it. You know, if, if I'm his boss, yeah, he's going to be down at the the CTI center, I believe mm-hmm. he said right. Um, you know, if I'm his boss. You know, he, he he's going to be able to figure out, you know, the way to run my business better than right. I can. It's going to be tough to keep him as an employee, exactly. right? So there, there's always instances it, like that. But, but you're um, talking about a two standard deviation person. That's that. That is such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you need and people. Th- like the only reason yep. why I own a business is I'm a terrible employee. I'm entirely same here. I am entirely <laughs> unemployable. I am, man. I you know I recognize okay. that. Okay. Probably 15 years ago, like this is, you know, I was working for for a big corporation. I'm like, this is going to end in a fiery crash. This is not going to end well. 
and, and it was because, you know, I'm button heads with people, my upper management, I'm butting heads with them. I don't agree in the direction. I don't toe the line. It's, I, that's just not me. So, like, I knew very quickly, like, I got to go do something myself. And if I don't, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to be bouncing around from job to job forever. And it's not from, now it's laziness, but it wasn't always laziness. Like, I used to be a hard worker. <laughs> I used to be a hard worker. <laughs> You know, hey, there's there is a video, and I've got it somewhere, but there is a video of uh, David's ex employee, and she like comes in, and she's just like casually walking into his office, and it's him sitting there just cackling and laughing in a YouTube video, and he's just sitting there, and she walks up and stands there and records him for like three minutes, you know. And he turns around, he's like, "What the hell do you want? What? Are you, what get out of here! Get back to work!" <laughs> <laughs> she sent me that video the other day <laughs> did she yeah <laughs> uh, and, and you know I, I, maybe, maybe that plays a part in it too right like hey we eventually get to the point that that working for someone else right the the ball and chain the the confinement of that mm-hmm. is part of our problem um and you know, for yeah. me, like I'm trying to build a, an organization here, like especially as we move into the new shop, I'm trying to build an organization that gives, you know, Eric's getting a little bit older. Eventually he's going to need to retire. Where can we move him as his health declines and he, he slows down because we all slow down, right? What, what options do mm-hmm. I have for him? And if, if, you know, Terry's talked in the past, I'd love to own my own shop. Great. Let's talk about how we get you there. And and I think that's that how we a, keep those. That people. you are doing a horrible disservice to that poor boy. Why in the hell would you tell him that? That that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. It has nothing to do with me or what I want to tell him. I had or no wrinkles. I, w- I had a chest full of manly <laughs> black chest hair in a in a ripped <laughs> six pack. You're a liar, dude. You can lie to everybody else, but me and, and Sean ain't buying it. And, and butt cheeks for days. And now, now uh, it's all white hair. I don't have any hair on my head. I'm 70, 80 pounds overweight. So you still, you still have the it's chest white. hair. It's yeah. just white. Now, okay. Now everybody keeps telling me I don't have pecs anymore. They're boobs. Whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that video I was watching, I was watching Skinbone 100 Miles. Have you ever seen that video? Making my way through uh-uh. the hood, sipping this yak. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, you know, Sean lives pretty close to uh, the hood there. Um, I'm up in the sticks. I'm a half hour yeah, north. Hey, <laughs> past couple of nights, that's probably a good thing. Uh, where, uh, where we met uh, for dinner when you were in town, yes, that. Hey, that was the I don't know sure. if you know this or not, but um, at, I think it was the next night, Sunil Patel has an event on this rooftop bar. Lots of us sit around talk, mm-hmm. and we're all having drinks, and all of a sudden, everybody looked up, and they said, hey, the buses aren't running anymore. All the buses are gone. I'm like, oh. Okay. Yeah, so everybody else is like, I'm getting an Uber, and I'm like, dude, the hotel is half a mile that way. I'm walking. So I get back to the hotel and I'm like walking through these crowds of people in the street. And you, stuff. you can tell I'm he like, lives hey, on top of a mountain. 
Right. I'm like, hey, how y'all doing? You know, <laughs> y'all doing good? And they're like, yeah, we're doing good. How are you? I'm like, man, I'm fantastic. Y'all have a good night. And I'm just like traipsing on through. And I get back, and the lady at the hotel's like, you walked? And I was like, yeah. She's like, you are brave. And I'm like, maybe I'm missing something yeah, here. He they watches a YouTube nice channel people. called Active Self Protection. I'm hooked on it, by the way. I oh, dude, like it's watching awesome. the video. Have you video. seen it, Sean? <laughs> Active Self Protection. Oh, no, so you gotta go look this. it up. So they. Is that one of the cheesy ones no, no, where no, they no, just no. so they watch they watch these videos that get sent in of people getting attacked, you know, uh, firearm situations where somebody's like, yeah. you know, pulls police a gun officers on where you. they have to take deadly force, yeah, or something like police that. officers where they have to shoot somebody. That just situations like that. They look, they break down the video and they talk about, you know, hey, you got to keep your head on a swivel. You got to make sure you understand where you're at. You got to see who's around you. You know, hey, you know, the, mm-hmm. the one I was watching today, the they were trying to serve a warrant, trying to pick the guy up, and the the little lady comes out and her son's in the back, and and they're like, hey, come on out, we can we can handle this. You just got to take care of this business. And the guy, I I don't know if he had a bump bump stock or whatever, but you just pop 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 pop, and he ended up killing an officer, Jeez. shooting several more because they had taken this like very nonchalant approach. While yeah. the lady had come out, they asked, "Hey, are there weapons in the in the house?" And she said, "Yeah, there's there's guns in the house." And they were talking, they were doing the breakdown, and they said, "As soon as they heard that, they should have said, uh 'Uh oh, taking a step back, let's figure this out, let's get SWAT in here, let's clear out the neighbors.'" But instead, they ended up in this like gunfight that they shouldn't have yeah. put themselves in. And so that that was uh. that's the videos and. <clears throat> He watches these videos. What's the tagline? Safe, prudent. What is it? Uh, uh, sane, moral, prudent. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, and 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 what's so cool is is like he he points out that the the eyes may be the window to the heart, but the hands are the uh, window to intent. Right, like where your hands are going is where you're going, right? Like, and if you're reaching in your your sure. waistband, my point is, and, he's and it, watched these videos. He had no, he had no business walking through that neighborhood when he did. What was this, 2021 or was it 2020? Yeah, it was 2021. It was 2021. Yeah, I, I mean, it like yeah, it's last fall. It, there's stuff going down in the city, you know, and he's walking through mm-hmm. autonomous zones in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> There's no cop coming to save you, bro. I don't know what I've you're doing walking places. through there. I've been in worse places, buddy. Yeah, they they defunded <laughs> them. They're not coming to help you. <laughs> I, you know, and, and it's kind of interesting. We we've talked about this, but Mike Williver they do a podcast, and Mike Williver hosts their podcast. And so Mike is coming back on. We've got a shop owner in ASOG who lost an employee, and he had to defend. The, I, I'm I don't know. We don't know the story yet, right? Uh, he's going to get on and tell his story on our podcast in a couple weeks. But long story short, he lost a he lost an employee and ended up having to shoot someone in that instance to defend himself against the same person that shot and killed his employee. And so, you know, Jesus. I mean, it's it's crazy to think about that. And and I, man, people yeah. are crazy anymore. You got to be so careful. But you yeah, injected definitely. yourself into um, that situation. <laughs> Because you're like, it's only half a mile. Smile and wave, boys and girls. Smile and wave. <laughs> Somebody will take <laughs> that the wrong day, wrong way one day. Maybe yeah, so. it's a. a he just he relied on the fact the that he's a big boy. That's that's what happened. He's like, I'm just gonna smile, and ain't was, nobody gonna listen, mess with I me. Was, I have a presence. He, yeah, you got a presence, so you get shot or shanked from the, the back. 
and they take the your only, wallet and bleed out in the, in the streets of the Minneapolis. The only part where you're wearing a suit because you're, you're usually wearing, wearing yeah, a suit. I was wearing a jacket. So. Like, he had a big old target on his back. Come rob me. The only, I dare you. The only thing, the only thing that happened that was weird is as I got close to the hotel, this vagrant lady runs up. And she runs up to the left side of me. I've got a phone to my right ear. She runs up and she licks me. Like, it <laughs> sticks her tongue right up the side of my cheek. And, like and that's how Lucas caught COVID. Yeah, I know, right, man? It's great. <laughs> oh, shoot, I better go wash that off. That stinks. <laughs> you know that, Sean, you missed it. Did you that smell it? Of- Did you watch Yeah, dude. <laughs> it. Oh, rotten cheese! Shame. Welcome to Minneapolis. Yeah, they had they had a furry yeah. conference at that same event. You missed it. You should have come back to the hotel. Man, they had furries. It was great. It was really impressive. Uh, you know, everybody's got to be it. into now, something. Hey, I guess. Here's the deal: is if we're on the podcast, you can't edit it. You just have to drop it just like it is. So I'm sorry in advance. Oh yeah, I apologize. Oh no! This hey. is good. There's been no f bombs yeah. yet, so yeah. we're good. Yeah. Well, yeah. don't worry. We got time. The person I'm getting ready to mention will have plenty of f bombs for you at ASTE. Matthew Scundridge is teaching at ASTE. Did you see that? Oh no, I did not. What's he teaching? Class. Yeah, it's the same class. Oh, nice. I think it's something like yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. He he did teach uh, key class at Vision, and yeah, I got awesome. rave reviews uh, from my techs. Um, yeah, and Keith um, is doing his key and immobilizer yeah. class too. Oh, we have um, dueling key classes. We have dueling key classes. Okay, um, let's see. Yeah, that that key stuff is. I've been doing more of that lately. It's uh, it's it's fun, but it's it's definitely profitable too. Hey, um, talking about techs who want to to learn a little bit more about the management side. Um, Mm-hmm. One of the cool things that Jeff Compton and I have been talking about is Jeff, um, you know, for those of you who don't know Jeff and you're listening to this, the reason I said Jeff jaded Compton is because Jeff is really well known for speaking his mind. He's been really frustrated with our industry and some of the things that have been happening and the way techs have been treated for a long time. And I've been friends with Jeff for, gosh, almost 10 years now. And I, I really have listened to what he said because he's been from the dealership to the independent to the fleet shops. He's been through a lot of this and he's got some really interesting perspectives. And when you hear him talk, you understand that what Jeff is talking about really coincides with what a lot of other techs are talking about and what they've gone through. And so Mm -hmm. over time, Jeff has become known to be jaded because like, if you're a tech that comes in asking for diag help, he's straight up going to be like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. This is like, if you, if you're not putting in the work, I'm not helping you. And, and in the same respect, like he's, he's willing to call a shop out like nobody's business. And so there, there's been a transformation with Jeff where we've talked about the fact that, Hey, we really want to, we really want to see growth in our shop. I want to see things improve for my employer. I don't want to just be jaded. I want to help people. And so they brought this apprentice into the shop and Jeff's like, you know, I've always just been like, no, I'm not teaching you to do this because you should learn on your own. And he said, I took a different approach and I'm, I'm trying to help this apprentice learn. And all of a sudden I'm realizing it's really exciting for me. And so he said, what classes should I take at AST? What would be a good fit for this? There's a really cool class that um, Ross Colquette 
and Jim Kokonis are going to put on. And it's called Learning to Lead. And it's a lot about shop culture and about why we do what we do and how we do it. And this, Jim's told me a lot about this class. If you have interest in moving to the business side, if you have interest in being part of what fixes our industry, man, I would sign up for that class. It looks like it is going to be legit. So if somebody does want to get registered and sign up for ASTE, where do they go? And I can put the link yeah. in the show notes. David, you got the link? You know, the, the link off the top of your head? They, they just need to go to the website, ASOG.SITE. Yeah, go to our website. You can click right it's on, on the, the banner. Link. Yeah. That way everybody knows you came from Sean Tipping or came from us so we can just tell everybody, hey, look, we're awesome. We got three clicks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> do you uh do you guys uh you have the dinner going too mm-hmm. it, what's the deal it, with that it's gonna be fantastic david he uh, has no idea david, he hasn't done any work david said it all <laughs> like, the only thing i needed him to do is get us some sponsors we're still working on that lucas so Listen, we have we have our speaker lined uh, up. he's gonna do a whole thing it's gonna be awesome 45 minute deal he's gonna do um and we have the the venue uh, already set. We're we're still negotiating on the food. By the way, I need to figure out what we're doing about the food, Lucas. So I'll message you about that. They they quoted me. This menu looks awesome. It, it is Fat Boy approved, and uh, I'm excited about it. But it is way more expensive than I was expecting. So uh, we got to figure out what we're going to do with that. So we might be having wedding food, is what he's trying to tell you. We're going to have like not just wedding, <laughs> wedding. food, fancy wedding food. <laughs> Ooh, uh. Uh, and and so this year we're doing. For those who don't know the dinner we're talking about, we're talking about the ASOG dinner, and and ASOG is the Auto Shop Owners Group on Facebook, and it's more than just a Facebook group. It's a five hundred one c three, and the five hundred one c three really came to create a hunger for training for owners um, in the beginning. And then over time, we've really seen that there's a lot of shop owners who need help. There's a lot of technicians who need help. And so through these dinners, um, we sell tickets to attend the dinner and we request folks come in and sponsor the dinner. And in doing this, we're able to take a technician and a shop owner um, from that shop to an event like AST. We've never done the technician thing. Yeah. So we've always sent shop owners this year we wanted to do a technician and a shop owner from the same shop. Yeah. So you send oh, both of cool. them from one shop. Hopefully we can do two shops. We'll see how it works out. But you're talking all expenses. So we're going to fly yeah, you exactly. out. We're going to put you in the hotel. We're going to cover the training. We're going to cover your food, your transportation, you know, back and forth from the airport and whatnot. Um, and Everything. your technician's going to be able to take te- technical classes maybe a management class or two and the shop owner is going to be able to take the training that he or she needs to become a better shop owner for the technician so everybody kind of wins in that situation yeah that's awesome yeah the um the speaker that you guys had uh, for the dinner for uh, vision uh he was fantastic um yeah yeah definitely i really wasn't sure what to expect but uh yeah that dude was uh Knocked it yeah, out. Yeah, this heart. one should be pretty good too. Um, I've seen some of his clips. Uh, I was a recommendation. Uh, he he's gonna. I think he's gonna kill it as well. So this should be this should be really really good. The the facility is beautiful. It's awesome. We're gonna get the entire building. They gave us a discount because we're a five hundred one c three 
charity. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Cool. It really is. Uh, and I can't wait to see you there. Sean, you, 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 we've got you hooked up. Um, so I can't wait to see you attend. I hear that, uh, uh yeah. we, you should expect Paul and, uh, Paul Danner and Brian, uh, Pollock and, uh, Jeff Compton will be there. Um, we are going to have, um, panels at ASTE. So we're going to have, uh, not necessarily panels, but more open discussions. Um, something that, that's not really been done this way in our industry for a while now. Um, uh, so I think mm-hmm. we're going to see a lot of really cool things happen uh, at this event that, that we've not seen at any other event. And uh, what's the dates? Gosh, I don't know. Uh, hang on, let's look. <laughs> I, I don't know either, so that's why I asked. <laughs> uh, let's see. So why it, is you... <laughs> the, it is the 29th of September through uh, October 1st. Most people come in, what they do is they book uh, their room on Wednesday night. So they'll come in, they'll stay Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. So it's four nights. If you book uh, your your tickets to ASTE, there is a room block. As a matter of fact, this year, we rented the entire hotel. Every single person staying in that hotel is from the automotive industry. So every single person that will be there wow. is automotive technician, service advisor, trainer, shop owner, right, mobile guy the who's who of the automotive world will be there. Um, and so again, it is October 29th, 30th and October 1st or September 29th, 30th and October 1st. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, that's going to be fun. I can't wait, buddy. It's going to be great. Cool. Uh, you guys got anything else? Uh, listen, don't ask David that. Dude, he, he can ramble <laughs> on for hours at a time about senseless BS. You want to know where to eat in Kansas City? We can talk about that. God, that was an important that. topic. What are you talking about? That was important. <laughs> Consider how many people go to Vision. It was important to cover the restaurant choices while at Vision. It makes sense. Like, go out and try some of the great food in Kansas City. Well, that was an important yeah, conversation. You're, you're just taking it out of context. You're just talking about restaurant. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I was trying to make sure people knew where to eat, man. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's, an, good. it's important. That's part of the fun of traveling is the restaurants. Otherwise, like, what's the Dude, point? Dude, I am telling you. that That's like the best part. And and listen, Sean, I, I know you've not been to dinner with David yet. You've got to be – you've got to bring your A game if you're going to go eat with David because – he orders things, and when it shows oh, up so. on the table, you don't know if it's dead or alive. Okay, <laughs> and like, you have to quickly expand your horizon of things you're willing to eat because you go to restaurants and and you're like, listen, do you have any like chicken strips or anything? Yeah, and they're like, no, this yeah. is what you're getting. Chick- do you have ranch? Do we have what? Chick- yeah, I need some chicken tendies and some ranch. Not that spicy ranch. <laughs> That's it. Y'all ain't got ketchup? And I mean, I'm dead serious. He gets some stuff brought to the table, and he's like, hey, listen, by the way, that's it's not actually cooked. What they do is they pour acid on it, and it cooks it. Oh. Ceviche. You know, it, it was good. It was good. I don't know. Well, that's a real yeah, thing. dude, I, I listen. So, I'm telling c- you. Ceviche like, is, is fish or shrimp that is cooked with lime juice. So you, you oh, know, okay. a whole bunch of spice and stuff like that in there, and it sits in the lime juice, and that that cooks the fish or the shrimp or whatever, and you throw it down. It's delicious. 
the look on Sean's face, the first nice. bite of uh, Wagyu, like actual A5 Wagyu he ever took. And he realized it was still cold. <laughs> he was like, I don't know, man. I don't know about this. Didn't we order, didn't yeah, we order beef tartare at the, the restaurant in Pennsylvania? Didn't we get beef yeah, tartare? Yeah, we did. We we had beef tartare. And the, and the egg yolk, they just slap an egg yolk. I mean, it's I think it's cooked or like it's close to cooked. They just slightly warm it up, and you break the you break the egg yolk over the top of the beef tartare, and then you you chow down. Well, I've got lots of things to experience. Man, then, man, I'm telling you, like, I, you know, I and 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 I I will be completely honest. I will give David props. I have not been to eat anywhere with David Roman, and the food that he ordered was not amazing and and it has expanded my horizon right there were things i would have never thought about eating like but what give me an orders. example i don't push anything weird on you listen i just eat whatever you have put it on the table man we just go for it so i don't know i mean yeah, we do just <laughs> i mean I might you're, have not a, you're not napkin. a big sushi guy know. you just getting, like, that was one thing no, i kept pushing not. yeah like he's like i don't want to do sushi i kept pushing sushi i'm like we need to go try some sushi he's like nah man i, I don't know <laughs> Yeah, that's that's definitely not for there's certain things like sushi that's not for everybody. But uh, yeah, uh, I love food. I just uh, I don't go I don't go for the, you know, the oddball or the fancy stuff very often. So it's fun when I do like that's an excuse to do it. Go out of town and try something different that you wouldn't normally go you for. Just hang out for, with us for a couple of weeks and you'll figure out why both of us are extremely broke. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Dude, that helps. I, listen, I don't, man. If Sean plumps up like we do, man, he's in bad shape. He's only like three foot tall. No, he's he's average height. Look, everybody's three feet tall to you. Everybody. I hate people are the worst. Worst. I I don't know if you know this, but like, for instance, when we were at Apex, man. David finally got to the point that he was not following me around anymore. And I turn around and look, and I'm like, what? And he's like, I am not trying to keep up with you anymore. My jeans are smoking because I'm walking. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, I'm chafed. I'm like, God, I'm walking in a basic jog. He's like, I got short legs, man. I can't help. Yeah, you guys have been you guys have been to like every automotive show this last year, haven't you? Every single one we could get our hands on. Um, probably one of the coolest was was the opportunity to go to ETI Tooltech. ETI, yeah, ETI is awesome. Uh-huh. And you yeah, get some cool insider awesome. information, like behind yeah. the scenes stuff that you don't like dealings that you don't normally hear because it's not released in a press release. It's not in an article. Like nobody's talking about it, but it's you know, backroom handshake deals that are going down. I was like, Hey, did you know what's going on with this company is dealing with this company about this one yep. thing? And you're like, this huh. could have massive repercussions across the industry, but you never hear about it. Uh, and so we've been able to go and, and then we talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, right. and, and, and you know, here's the thing is they just opened a, a form of registration for, for shop owners or industry members who want to be involved and, and help, shape the direction this is going right because they you know when i first started going i had my first opportunity when they had tool tech in charlotte um and i'll never forget like man they had a top fuel dragster out in front of the hotel right and and they were running it in the hotel parking lot um and so it 
it was neat to get to be there and see that initially. And then you go in and you hear the things they're talking about and you see the people that are there and you think, wow. And then they come up and they start talking to you and you realize these big corporations, they're not against you. They're, they're working with you. They're trying to work for you. They want to know what you need. And, and I think sometimes, especially in our world, you pick up that scan tool and it doesn't work like you think it, it's supposed to work. And they don't give you the support mm-hmm. you need. And you just automatically say, man, this thing sucks. This company, like they're just focused on selling me this dang tool and they just want the money. You go to, you go to tool tech and all of a sudden you come back and you're like, holy cow. Now I see why that's mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, the big conversation as of late that, that I thought was really interesting was talking about the value of some of the tools and, and, and the fact that there are tools on the market right now that are super cheap. In some cases, they're giving away tools. And other tool companies are saying, look, we've spent millions developing this. But because of where your tool's made, it's not illegal to hack and, and collect data through... Uh, um, less than ethical man <laughs> yeah. like you know right right and so all of a sudden it's okay for you to sell a tool for a quarter of what we have in our tool right and so that was really neat to get to hear that and and a different perspective on the on the market as a whole so it's really interesting if you ever get a chance you should definitely check it out yeah that's cool i so <clears throat> when you guys release the podcast episodes where you're at these different trade shows i hadn't even heard of several of them but it's definitely uh Definitely cool to know what's out there, and those are those are the events where, <clears throat> excuse me, do <clears throat> you meet people? You start networking, and you get to find out stuff like that, or you get to see you know behind the face of a company, or even just somebody that you know online, and you get face to face time with them. You're like, okay, this is a really cool guy. Or, or maybe, hey, this ain't a cool guy. I don't want to talk to him. But, you know, it's that face-to-face that this you got to do that. I try to avoid you know? everybody. It's like, ah, you, you, don't, you don't want to meet me. Trust me. <laughs> you'll, either think, David. you'll either think way less of me or just slightly less of me. Like, this is as good as it's going to get, whatever you think of me at this point. Hey, so, I mean, it's funny because everywhere we go, they're like, they look at me and then they look at David and they look him up and down and they say, I thought you'd be taller. I mean, never <laughs> I give off tall vibes, apparently. I just don't match it when they see me in person. <laughs> it, it's, it's the deep, booming voice, I think. <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. That's also from shop ownership as well. So if you want to yeah. deepen your voice because you're screaming so much, not, either add employees, add customers, or into a bag. So if you, you scream so much, you actually turn hoarse. So that's what Terry has to look forward to. Why would you tell him, oh, yeah, you, I'm going to make this a reality for you. You're setting him up for failure. That's what you're doing. That's what. That's exactly what you're going to like. Hey, this looks great, doesn't it? Yeah, that looks great. Yeah, I'm making a ton of money. You should buy this from me. And then you there send you them off to get a loan from the SBA. You get paid two and a half million. You walk away. And you're like, oh, I made a chunk of money. And then that guy crashes and burns in a couple of years. That place is gone. What do you care? David, are you happy being a shop owner? Anybody can buy my <laughs> shop anytime they want to. What will you take for it today? <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. The put no, a dollar figure the, no, on it. the number is surprisingly low. If 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 you'll put a dollar figure on it, I'll write you a check and you can come work for me. 
I've told you I'm a terrible employee. It wouldn't work. <laughs> I, that's okay. I'm, you would fire I, me within a month. I think there there'd be like a three week honeymoon, and where I would I try to not more be. Than I need you. Listen, you're you're completely worthless to me. I'm sorry, but I mean, you have no value. <laughs> <laughs> You guys could just do a live series of uh, you guys working together, oh, and that, we, that we do that. It's the and, podcast that's usually <laughs> us yelling at each other. Um, so I don't know. I've, I've maybe I've shared this. Maybe I haven't. Um, as soon as the uh, certificate of occupancy is completed, Sean, I'm going to need you to wait to release this episode until then. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> I am going to build an actual studio in the shop. So I'm going to have a, a, oh, cool. a studio. He's not going to build anything. He's going to outfit an existing space and structure yes. by putting some equipment inside of that space. He's not building yes, anything. Exactly. Exactly. So like when we do the grand opening and stuff, I'll have you come down and we will have a big open space that we can all sit down and record and have some cool episodes the whole nine yards. That's so. awesome. <laughs> all right. Awesome, guys. Well, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. It's always good to talk to you. It's always a blast with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.